I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything, but I was playing Destiny earlier. Oh, really? Yeah. That's surprising. <laughs> Big surprise. And I was playing multiplayer, and I was not playing well. I was playing pretty poorly. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, as soon as the I was, we were playing three on three, um, we were playing freelance three on three. So it's like no teams; everyone's just playing by themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure enough, like literally before the match is even over, like it it ends right, and then it like officially ends. Before it was even officially over, this guy on my team sent me a message, and. You know, I think comparative to most messages you'll you'll get on Xbox, it was pretty it was, tame. It was very tame. Mm-hmm. But it, he just said, "You should drop out of this playlist." <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I knew why he said it, obviously, because I was playing bad. But I just hate that kind of behavior. Yeah. So I just messaged him back. I just said, "Why." And he said, because you play bad. So I just said, you've never had a bad game before? <laughs> and he didn't respond. Right. He's said his piece. Right. He's done. So the next game starts up. He uh, did not drop out of the playlist. Neither did I. And we get matched up on the same team again. <laughs> so unsatisfied with our exchange and with him not responding to me. Do you throw the match? Yeah. I just trolled him the entire match. I just (laughs) followed him around and I stood in front of him whenever he was trying to aim and I just did everything I possibly could to mess him up. Right. Right. And, uh, so that match we lose, obviously he doesn't say anything back and he just leaves the playlist. So I stay in it. Um, we start searching for more people because a handful of people dropped out and then sure enough, he gets thrown back into the, (laughs) your guys back into our group, right? The match starts up and this time we're on different teams and we still, our team still lost and his team won, but I, was the best player in the match and he was the worst like twice as many deaths as he had kills right (laughs) so i sent him a message that said you should probably drop out exactly i said you know 0.5 kd that's pretty rough you should probably drop out of this playlist and uh he just responded by saying i was salty you were salty yeah that's what he said like he was like he literally just sent back salt. 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 Yeah. So I just was like, you know, it's kind of like occasionally people have bad games and you shouldn't be a dick about it. <laughs> and you, you made it a teachable moment. <laughs> yeah. And then he literally started responding with nonsense. And so I was just like, all right, you know. <laughs> we both have proven our points. Good, yeah, good game. <laughs> Don't be a dick to people anymore. 
And then he was literally like, okay, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but it's that sort of like, I used to kind of enjoy that interaction. Yeah. When I first started playing games online. But now it's like really dreadful. I really don't look forward to it. Like, Especially after I've played bad. And it's like, it happened. I think, I feel like it happens to a lesser extent in. Rocket League and may, and I, I guess probably in, in Hearthstone because of the emotes, right? Like mm -hmm. in Rocket League, you can send the thing People and it's like still find a way to troll oh, you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You will accidentally score the goal or whatever, and then all of a sudden, one of your teammates, what a shot! Nice shot! Nice shot! Nice, nice shot! shot. She's like, yeah. all right, guy, I get it. It, it was a mistake, and it, it at this point before it would sort of like egg me on. Now it just is. Disheartening. Very disheartening and very frustrating. Yeah. It, what I like about Rocket League is that you can type in a message, mm -hmm. but it takes a lot of time. So when somebody takes the time to type in a message that's like, you are terrible or whatever, you're like, <laughs> wow, that person, that stings even more. Cause they took the time to like call me out, write this whole message. Kind of segues nicely into the first thing I wanted to talk about tonight, I guess. Sure. So I told you about an article on Vox called mm -hmm. The Smugness of the of American Liberalism. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um which was getting passed around last week, I think, at some at some point. Right. Two week, the 21st of April is what I saw today. Okay. So a couple weeks ago. Or so, maybe that was last week. I don't remember. <laughs> Who knows? We could look at a calendar, but <laughs> why bother? Right. Um, so I read this article and I had a reaction to I had some things that I guess mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you about. And you finally just read the article today? Yeah. So Most of it. Not all of it. I read about half of it. That was pretty much all I could take before I had to tap out. I'm just not, apparently, I'm just not that interested in, like, the navel-gazing of a liberal, basically. Okay. Like, it just, it just got to be too much for me. And a, and a lot of what it was saying seemed fairly obvious. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Right. So the, the, but the premise is basically that... The 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 well, smug the smugness of a liberal well, half of the article is about what you're about to yes so go okay on. so the smugness of liberals manifests itself by basically dismissing anybody that has an opinion contrary to them more or less and his example throughout the first half of the article is the rednecks of the Midwest don't know what's good for them more or less right yeah like people in the flyover right you know. Country. Or the South. Right. And and he's talking about this disen, disenfranchisement. Disenfranchisement. Mm -hmm. I, anyway. Um, of the working class who defected from this liberalism that came out of the unions. And he's trying to tie it to 
their economic status, saying they're dis they're disenfranchised because their economic status is at such a point where maybe it's bred this kind of independent my way is right because I just need to provide for myself and don't take my guns and whatever else. It's kind of the the comment that he alluded to in his piece where Obama's like, I can understand why people would cling to their guns and religion because you take away their economic security and they got to have something, right? They got to mm -hmm. find solace in something. And, and that's kind of the argument where these shuttered, you know, industry heavy towns that are now bankrupt. That's where these people have had to run to. And liberalism has just gotten more and more like ivory tower mm -hmm. and lost connection with these people. So he's kind of advocating for uh, a reassessment based on an understanding and empathy for people's economic status. I think he's trying to make an economic point out of this. What it feels like to me is like the flailings of a man who's gotten to the end of his rhetorical rope. Mm -hmm. You know, this is kind of the last gasp for somebody who's like, I can't communicate well with anyone. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's this. Maybe we could go back to the economic you know, argument and mm -hmm. kind of build from there and kind of do this kind of identification with their struggles, build some constructive dialogue. But the image that I had in my mind when I was reading it is I feel like he's not talking about how to foster a good conversation between people who want to have a conversation with mm -hmm. you, right? This is not like etiquette 101 how to talk politics or whatever mm -hmm. he's talking about two people on the complete opposite end of an ideological spectrum he's talking about people on the opposite end of of seesaws right yeah so in his mind one of the, one side of the seesaw is just filled with these ultra conservative guns and religion people who are just tipping the seesaw into the dirt and they're just playing in the dirt and it's elevated these liberals high up in the air who are looking down on the people and instead of helping them understand how they can kind of balance out the seesaw they're just making fun of them mm -hmm. and making fun of them is never going to get these people out of the dirt and it's not going to help lower the people who are like maybe a little too high in the air for their own good mm -hmm. you know um <clears throat> And I think these talking from, I think he identifies as the seesaw that's up in the air. He's not like a conservative who's lobbing bombs. He's like you said, a navel gazing right. liberal who, and I don't have proof of this, but who I, I just feel like is a de is desperately flailing for some way to build constructive criticism that hasn't been said before. Mm -hmm. What I think that he's, losing focus of and i want to get your your take on is the fact that the there is no way to converse with people who are that ideologically opposed to you that my argument is the conversation fundamentally cannot happen mm -hmm. it doesn't matter about like building inroads to them you're kind of talking about my mind goes to like people that we would term as like conspiracy theorists, you know, have you ever tried to talk to a conspiracy theorist? Right. Yeah. 
It's impossible. It's impossible. Uh-huh. Right. It's absolutely it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. And my argument is you can't, you can't like you, you literally, I think you just have to throw the flag in on those conversations and those people. Mm-hmm. And you need to refocus on the people that actually want to converse with you and have constructive dialogue. But the smugness I think comes out of the reality. Like, to me, people who deploy smugness, I think they know they're dealing with nuclear weapons. I mean, it's mutually assured destruction whenever you throw a smug bomb because mm-hmm. there's nothing that can, like, that is totally destructive because you can get smug about anything and make fun of somebody about it. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you feel good. Mm-hmm. And the other people that you said that thing can feel good with you. But you've accomplished nothing, you know? At best, you've made the person feel bad. But in reality, in our dialogue of social media, we all have, like, I think, tuned out that frequency. Well, I think that, yeah, I think that's exactly the problem. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's, you have to throw in the towel, because I think doing that can maybe make you somewhat lazy, or it starts to become a little too insular where where you're only now you're only listening to and talking to and reading the things that you know you agree with 100 percent. well no because i mean aren't there liberals and conservatives that occupy a middle that is well that's that's the i mean and that's that's what i that that that's the problem that's that's what i'm thinking the problem is but you know we had friends in college, or at least I remember conversations in college where f- out of nowhere, there was sort of like this, there was sort of this like sect of our group of friends who just out of nowhere started believing that the moon landing was fake. Yeah. And it was like, no matter what you said to them, no matter what proof was out there, they wouldn't listen. And those conversations at the time were engaging and pushed me to look more into it but were ultimately frustrating Mm -hmm. but i but at the same time you know 10 years removed i'm not sure any of them believe the moon landing is fake you you know what i mean it's just something they grew out of right it's something they grew out of maybe those conversations had something to do with it maybe it didn't but i don't know if just abandoning it altogether is, is a good idea but I, I, to me, the problem is, and reading the article and hearing you describe it, it's, it's that it's, and, and with Facebook, with Twitter, with Tumblr, social media, all that stuff, nobody is, nobody is willing to just admit that they don't know something. Everybody has to be right, 100% right. Or proving somebody else 100% wrong. There's no room to discuss something. Mm-hmm. There's no room to say, okay, these are my beliefs. Let me hear your beliefs and I'll think about it. It's these are, these are my beliefs and this is how they prove your beliefs wrong. And I would say 99% of that is taking place over Facebook. Where you're not even actually talking to somebody in person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And 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 like you said, it's easy. We were, and we were just having this conversation about 
Hollywood Handbook, mm-hmm. which is a podcast that that we both really like. Right, and, and I, I want to is, get to there too because it's really funny. Right, it made me think about that. Too. But the entire premise is just them being snarky about everything. Yeah, and it can be exhausting, mm-hmm. but it can also be hilarious at times. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's very easy to just be like. I'm going to be snarky about absolutely everything and not let you really know my true feelings on any of it. Exactly. Outside of sort of this fog of, well, you know, I don't like this because I'm making fun of it. So maybe you can assume I kind of like this. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? The example I can think of is they did an episode with, um, with a guest. I can't remember what his name was. And instead of talking about how much they liked the NBA, they spent the entire time making fun of the NCAA. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I know one of these guys really likes the NBA because I heard him talk about it on a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, instead of talking about that, and that's sort of the premise of the show. They just make fun of stuff. But what 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 got me a a funny reference because because I did want to get there because after. You know, the article is purely political, but then it did make me think about going back to college. It made me think about um, coming to college with a lot of music mm-hmm. that I liked that I then found out when I was in college was terrible and not the music I should have. Mm-hmm. When somebody went through my CD case and basically <laughs> smugly dismissed half of what was in there and just totally made me feel uh-huh. like a complete like loser, yeah. you know, and then turned me on to the great music of... Uh, a newfound glory right. you know what i mean yeah, like exactly. really opened my eyes to mxpx right. or whatever so um so yeah there, there there's that but i remember and i think this is this is the damage of smugness and this is where i do end up on the side of the guy who wrote the article um yeah and i should say i don't disagree with what he's saying right, right. i totally see it um in in hollywood handbook I think there's another episode that I haven't listened to where maybe he talks about it a little more. I think it's, I can't remember which one it is, but he mentions that he saw Midnight Special. Mm-hmm. Midnight Special is currently right now like my favorite film of the year. I loved Midnight Special mm-hmm. and I had a very personal reaction to it. And he dismisses it mm-hmm. in like two sentences that basically just call out one potential issue that somebody could have and just like does not let and just pushes like through the first layer down to the second, down to like the core mm-hmm. of that argument and then just starts wiggling around and just like destroying whatever he can mm-hmm. in there. And I can't say that it didn't like deflate me a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, where just kind of like, oh, not midnight special like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and then you realize that i think even in in a joke smugness has that edge to it that even if you're in on the joke it still has the power to hurt even you you know to an extent mm-hmm. which i think is is interesting that's just interesting i think in terms of like comedy because before podcasts you'd hear these people on stage and they just seem like impervious to life because they could just make fun of it right and then they get a podcast and you realize like all these people are deeply insecure they're not sure of what they're 
feeling about things and saying. Mm -hmm. They're just like, this is their job. This is what they feel like their job is to do is to just like comment on this thing, joke about it, and then go home and just like contemplate suicide. You know, like mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not a constructive act to just like tear down or poke fun or whatever, you know? I and and I'm not saying that that's the way these guys at Hollywood Handbook are. Mm -hmm. But their deploying smugness is like it shows you like, yeah, the, to me, it's like the nuclear weapon of, uh, of argumentation. And mm -hmm. when applied in politics, yeah, it's totally corrosive. But I think that it can, I think that the arguments that he's arguing against, I think, might be from people who say, I've tried the other way and it doesn't work. Not for these people, mm -hmm. you know, for the people that I'm going after. Like they don't care. They don't care what I have to say. Whether it's hey, let me come over and eat dinner with you. Let's build a friendship. And then you know, three years later, after I've like infiltrated their family, then say, hey, this Donald Trump guy is kind of crazy, huh? And have them be like, you know what, friend, you're mm -hmm. right. He is crazy, right? It's just mm -hmm. it's just not going to work like that. So it's kind of like if I don't laugh, I'll cry. So I'm just gonna like make this meme and make fun of Donald Trump and the lady behind him who might be a perfectly nice lady, but she looks like an idiot in this picture. So I'm going to like mm -hmm. just go after her, you know, I feel like the end of his article, which he didn't get to, it kind of, to me is a throw your hands up moment too, where he's like, so maybe don't be smug and maybe we can build relationships. Well, but I, it's not a roadmap. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that that was one of the, the, interesting dilemmas that I saw in the article is I, I don't think you should ever be smug. I mean, I don't really think there's a place for that but, in, but, in, a, uh, in, a, in a genuine conversation. You were just smug to a guy on, <laughs> I mean, on I Destiny. Guess. I guess. Trolling him. Yeah, sending but I was it trolling back. him. Like, yeah. I'm doing it to get a very specific reaction out of him. Yeah. I'm not doing it because I think I'm better than him. No, but I mean, I think they can come off as, if you're him, as like, or somebody even watching that to be like, Justin's being a little smug here. <laughs> it's a Maybe. But um, I, I think there's a couple things that I find uh, interesting. The first one is, um, is the is the is the label aspect of it. I don't identify myself as a liberal. I don't identify as conservative. I don't identify as any of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a there's a part of that that people who do identify in that sense feel a need to like defend it. I guess whereas. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not. You're just a destiny lover, right? It's only <laughs> it's just because you I'm have. not like uh, knowledgeable enough. I just don't follow politics closely enough to even know where I fall down on every single issue. Um, but I know that it's not going to be for one specific uh, party or or uh, or line of thought every single time the issue comes up. You know what I mean? I, I know I'm pretty sure it's always going to be just whatever I think, right? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I, I, it adheres to any specific ideology. Whatever profits you. Exactly. It's all about you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
So I think that's a part. That's part of it that I just find. I just find uh, interesting. I, I think you can certainly. There's obviously a liberal demographic, but I don't know if that's necessarily like a good. I think that in and of itself causes people to draw lines in the sand and mm-hmm. just be like, well, you know what? I just can't agree with you because you're conservative. I'm not liberal. Right. Or I'm not conservative. Right. Another thing, a- another point I want, I wanted to talk about is that it, it's, it seems to me that, especially with this political stuff, that people are um, less concerned with talking about something or discussing something than they are sort of showing. And I guess this is the point of the article, how much smarter that they are than somebody else or how much better they are than somebody else. And that's obviously not helpful at all, but there's also, there's also a point to it. That's like, like, like I said, it's just, I'm right. and, And you're wrong. Like, People just want to be right and wrong. I guess I just feel like people don't want to admit that they just don't know what they're talking about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, or that they're just sort of, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't know most things. Like, most things that I talk about, I feel like, for the most part, I could be swayed to either <laughs> side of it pretty <laughs> yeah. easily, right? If somebody had a convincing enough argument. That's not true. We have over a year podcast, <laughs> I think, proving that that's not true. But, but I mean, I guess I, I don't feel like, I, I, I don't feel... I don't, at least, well, I guess I probably don't come off this way, but I don't feel like I'm outright dismissing other people. Like, like whenever I'm talking about something, I'm giving my perspective. I'm not saying that should be your perspective or that your perspective is wrong. I'm just saying this is how I experienced it. But all this has also made me think of the, um, the Ray Rice stuff. So that was a, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, uh, when he hit his, uh, his, uh, fiance, but all the talk on Facebook was, uh, or at least the couple of conversations on Facebook I got into were along the lines of obviously men and women aren't equal because men are stronger than women. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I think a, a fairly accurate paraphrasing of the person I was dealing with. Uh, you know, men and, men and women are equal because men are stronger. And it just is like, like, I, I guess I feel like, like, what does equal mean? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why does that make them not equal? Just right. be, it just makes them different. But right. just because you're different from somebody doesn't mean you're not equal, right. right? And so it just feels like an arbitrary, like, somebody has to be better than, right, than somebody else. It just feels like a lot of it is is based around building yourself up at the extent of pushing other people down. Yeah, and and I think that this is definitely not new, but and I think that this works to both ends. That there are some people who are smug who don't know it, and then there are some people who do fit the stereotypes that the <clears throat> that l- the smug liberals would lob at them who don't know that they do. It's, it's an obliviousness, you know, of just humanity. We never think of ourselves or we tend not to in like negative terms. I was it a podcast or what did it, where did I hear? Yeah, it was um, this American life where they were talking about a study that showed 
the people who were most confident that they did well on a task were many times the people who performed the least competently. Yeah, that's that's me. That is me. Right. Like taking a test. Anytime I walked out of a test thinking, I did good on that test. Bombed it. Always bombed it. Right. Every single time. It's the people who perform better who don't assume they did as well, but it's because... It's not because they doubt their abilities. It's because they overestimate everyone else's abilities. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what the study showed. And I think there's something to that where, you know, you could talk to somebody. You know, I've been in conversations with people who are NRA, you know, sign me up for the 30-round clip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you talk to them and... They back themselves into like a or like, why do you need a 30 round clip? Like just answer that one. And it's like, they can't, but it's like, they don't view themselves as being like, uh, I don't have a good point. They just keep running the other, like they keep running into that argument or whatever. Like, well, I, I need it. Okay. But why I need it. We're done here. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like there's no ability for them to be introspective on on what they're talking about, or mm-hmm. or there's no one thinks that they're racist, right? Some people I think are racist to like Trump, and they might try to defend why being racist is okay. I think there are a lot of other people who are like I'm not racist, and then you talk to them about their views on foreigners, and you realize like they're racist, <laughs> but they don't. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a genuine like right. I don't know it. Yeah. I don't know that. You know. Right. That you're also combating. I don't know what, what the inroads he's talking about building, what that does to change the dynamic of the conversation. Yeah. It, it just doesn't. It's like, you know, this person is either being smug because either they've, what I think like John Stewart might have said, like, I've been in the game long enough. Nothing works. We're all going down. So let's just like lob a few grenades and have fun. Or you're being smug and you don't know it. It's like, no, I'm just trying. I'm trying to tell them that they're stupid. What? I don't get it because they are stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know, in that spectrum though, it's like you can't, you can't win. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. And on the other side of it, you can't win with the people who are like, I'm not racist, but I am. And the people who are just like, I'm never going to admit that I'm wrong. I'm just not going to do it. Right. Like till the day I die. I'm going to be the person who is going to die of a preventable disease because I refuse to go see my doctor because I don't really have that thing. Right. Yeah. And I I would say I would, (laughs) I would bring it. I would, I would honestly bring it all back to Facebook and social media. (laughs) I think that is humanity. I think that is the the dividing line. I, but I mean, humanity was not this way. However many years ago, yes, it was. What are you talking about? But I mean, look, you can't say that the Republican party that whose nominee is now Donald Trump Uh is the same as it was 20 or 30 years ago. Like the Republican party is obviously at it's one of its lowest points in the Republican uh, Party's history, if they're nominating Donald see, Trump but, but, for their presidential nominee, it was not that way 30 years ago. See, but, but you're applying the labels that you just argued against, that by putting a label of liberal or conservative. No, I'm, not, I'm saying the, Repub- the party that identifies as the Republican yeah, Party. No, no, but, but I'm saying humanity. 
right? Regardless of the of the labels, terms of humanity has not changed, right? Um, Abraham Lincoln, maybe the 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 pinnacle of presidents, if not the Republican Party, was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Assassinated. That so in his day, you couldn't say like, oh, things are better. Discourse was better. He was shot and killed on, at a theater by a insane opponent Mm -hmm. right the civil war happened like that to me doesn't speak to a time of better discourse amongst people and parties right well there's peaks and valleys right civil war was a valley (laughs) donald trump is a valley (laughs) right whatever is in the middle was a peak right And and so i'm saying it's not like you know social media are all like you know it's symptoms it's another way that people have to outlet what's always been inside of us it's not like technology has changed our dna and made us different people it's why i reject the stanley kubrick 2001 argument of like we are on an evolutionary progress where we are evolving up and once we evolve to our peak physical you know, kind of place. The only place to go is like a spiritual ascendance, right? The birth of the star child. Then we are going to evolve and transcend spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of upward trajectory does not exist. We are in a history is doomed to repeat itself cycle of humanity and experience where it's just, it's we're in the same, you know, muck that we've always been in. Just now we have different technology but it's giving birth to the same same stuff. Sure, but I mean I mean I guess isn't the point of progress that we should not be repeating the same mistakes? And that's my argument. And that's and that's why I say good article, nice try, but it's a it's a losing battle. It's it, I just So you just give up? No, because that, cause that's not the nature of humanity, right? Like when Rome fell, here's the thing. Do, do you think America is going to exist forever? Forever? Yeah. Do you think no. that we, right. America at some point, if, you know, history goes on to infinity, mm-hmm. America will fall as did Rome, right? As did, you know, Greek society, as did the cave, the, the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. right? Like, at no point have we cracked the code in all of existence on how we can actually build a system that sustains our viability, our our existence. You know, we're destroying the planet. You know, our government systems fall. People are corrupt. Like, you know, like that's not. That's not progress. I don't believe in that progress mm-hmm. of building up. I believe in the progress of of continuation to an end point. You know, where we're gonna have a good run here as humans, and it will end. The Earth we know is going to end scientifically. They put a date, hundreds of thousands of years, I think, in the future mm-hmm. of like when our galaxy just won't be. Uh, sustainable anymore right so i mean you know we're all working on the clock here and it's not that we've got we've gotten you know better houses and centralized air but uh we're still you know the same people 
that we've always been since Rome. We haven't, you know, we haven't taken lessons to build a better society than Rome. We've just built another society mm-hmm. that has a has a ticket on it. An expiration date. I think the the gist of the article f- for me and a more concrete example and the interesting sort of takeaway is that there's, you know, f- you know, 50% of the country or whatever the number is, probably higher than that, that believes and that they tend to be conservative that believes that our country is founded by and on Christian right, Christians that. and Christian principles, mm-hmm. but they are wrong about right. that. They are They're completely deists. wrong. Right. There's they there's just no way that they can be right. So how do you broach that with the however much of the public actually believes it? Do do we just go on letting people believe what they want to believe, which is to me, it seems like that's the way our culture is trending, not to go back to the, you know, Swans. transgender issue. Oh, oh, um, oh. But I'm just saying, like, what you feel is what you f- is 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 your truth, basically. So if I feel like the country was founded on Christian principles, to some extent, that has to be true, I guess. When in reality, if we're if we're trying to build a baseline that we all agree upon. That's not true. But how do you right. how do you talk to somebody about that without without being smug or without offending them or mm-hmm. or 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 whatever? Exactly. I don't think you let, let let me build on this. I'm not talking I'm not a nihilist, you know? I believe that you take into account the realities of the situation and then you strive to make things better. And that the act of trying to make things better in and of itself is a positive act. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm not like one of these people who's like, look, conversation is ultimately doomed when you're talking about the ultimate end of the seesaw. You know, I fundamentally, I'm sitting across from you and you wrote a book on how the founding fathers were the greatest believers of all time since the apostles. Mm -hmm. And that, and you wrote that book and I'm sitting here with objective, like, Thomas Jefferson ripped out the parts of the Bible dealing with the divinity of Christ, mm-hmm. right? That the idea of deists is in contrary kind of, it's contrary to scripture. And many of the founding fathers identified themselves as deists, you know? That conversation is a ultimate end of the seesaw spectrum and is not going to happen by either us putting a microphone in front of ourselves and talking about it, having a televised debate having a debate around coffee and crumpets or by me infiltrating your family by proving myself to be useful for you in tough times and personal times and hard times and then bringing up this issue and convincing you that they were all deists. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's just to me t- a realist approach where I would then argue that I don't run to smugness. You know, I don't run to smugness because it's doomed. The conversation is doomed. I, run, I, I still am trying to be civil and trying to have constructive conversations with the understanding, though, that if you come at me with a conspiracy theory about the moon landing or about 9-11 or about vaccines, 
that we're not gonna we're not gonna convince each other. Mm-hmm. So we can either not have the conversation, and then I can just like hope that at a later time you've whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't believe that anymore. I can try and have a civil conversation, but you know what I mean. But but the article as a as a as a roadmap, I don't think it. I don't think it's proposing anything mm-hmm. new or or that or worthwhile. So what was some of the conversation around the article like? Well, that's kind of what led me to the article. I mm. thought that there were some articles that I wanted to read. Like I read the Atlantic and I saw that they were doing a article on the Vox piece <clears throat> and somebody else like tweeted something from Slate. But I wanted to read the article before I read that stuff. So I read the article. Then I go back to the Atlantic piece. And the Atlantic piece is basically like, here's one of our most um, active uh, readers thinks of it. And they just repost his comment. And, and they're like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, what, what is this? And then somebody <laughs> else was basically just like, this is why I disagree. He didn't bring into this and this and this factor. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're not dealing with the underlying principle, though, of like just... Can somebody just talk generally about smugness and you know what I mean? Like I think that that's that's where my mind went and and more broadly, but the, it's like let me tear this article to shreds because I'm going to go pick out details that weren't covered in this massively long article. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't see the value in that. So I actually, I ended up not reading any anything oh, okay. besides <laughs> besides just the article. Sure, because as I started perusing, I was like, oh, this is just like watch me nitpick this article yeah all right well you've been listening to everything is interesting uh i'm justin blizzard you can follow me on twitter i'm at blizzard with nine z's i am keith krepko on twitter at at things come right you can follow the show on twitter we are at ei podcasts um we next week we'll be doing something a little different. We're going to we're going to start uh introducing things into our pantheon. Our I guess our the show's pantheon. I can't imagine there's going to be much um difference in the things we would like to submit. Yeah, I feel like everyone has a pantheon or a canon or something. Sure. I think we just need to have our own idiosyncratic like our um lockbox. Yeah. It seems to be like our, like, I don't know what our version of the Pantheon would be, but it would be like our shoebox under the bed. Sure. You know, it's just like. So next week, um, Keith is going to be talking about No Country for Old Men, uh, a movie that you love. Oh, man. <laughs> that love doesn't, we need to create a new word for the way I feel about that, that film. Yeah. So if you're uh, interested, if you haven't seen it, if you have seen it, watch it again. Um, we'll be talking about that. We'll be going into depth into depth on No Country for Old Men for Old Men next week. Deep in the weeds, right? Probably, also, probably some book references. Oh, that's right. I, I have read the book as I, well. Yeah, yeah. And the book is they're quick. so, but they're so. I guess the it reason is. I forgot is because they're so similar. Well, and that's one reason why I think the movie works so well is yeah. because the the. Even the lines they speak yeah. are cle- like some of the best lines in the book. Yeah. Just transposed. Uh, we will also be doing a... Uh, 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 we will be starting our preacher show, our preacher podcast on everything is television next week with Rob from the Best of Three podcast. So the preacher starts on the 22nd, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. 
So next week we're going to um, just sort of talk about our what our experience with the property is. Um, you know, I guess what we expect going into it, how we've received the graphic novels, which I know Rob has read and is a big fan of, and neither of us have read yet. Well, I, I started it as a kid. Okay. Thinking that it was like a preacher, like a Christian religious <laughs> comic. I did. And a few issues in, I just felt like very weird about it. Uh-huh. So. All right. Well, that should be interesting. Yeah. For, I'm, I'm excited to revisit those. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we talked about in the show, you can find in our show notes. We'll have a link to the article that we discussed. Um, and those notes will be at eipodcast.com or they will be in the description if you're using pretty much any podcast app other than the default iPhone podcast app. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's all we've got. So we will uh, see you next time.